Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Stephen King's Salem's Lot. Dramatized in seven episodes by Gregory Evans. Episode 6. For the second time in my life, I stepped into the Marsden house. This time, of course, I wasn't alone, but... I was just as scared as I'd been when I was nine years old, climbing through a window on a dare. Difference was, now I felt something I hadn't felt as a kid. What was that, Senor Mias? Anger. All the grief and heartache I felt about Susan had turned into rage. I meant to find Barlow and destroy him. Along here. There's the door. Wait. We should try upstairs first. Why? Barlow will be in the cellar. What about Straker? He may not be dead. I hit him real hard. Even so, you didn't stay to find out. Let's just make sure, shall we? Yeah, Jimmy's right. When we find Barlow, we'll have difficult work to do. We won't want any distractions. The room at the end. How'd you know that, Ben? You said it was Hubie's room. I remember it very well. Where was Straker when you ran? Lying just inside the door. No. Let me go first. anywhere. Where's all the blood? Barlow. God, the man must be strong to haul the body up like that. He's not a man. It's a punishment as old as the Bible. Hanging the body of your betrayer upside down so he faces earth instead of heaven. Barlow's still playing games. All this, it's, it's just one more trick to make us waste time. Come on, the cellar. He's not here. He's got to be here. No, I can feel it. There's still the stink, the evil. The air seems lighter somehow. He's already gone. What's that on the table? Jimmy, the flashlight. Right. It's addressed to us. It's a trick. Don't touch it. No, it's not. I don't think it's a trick. My dear young friends. Hold the flashlight steady, Jimmy. I'm doing my best. How good of you to call. I am never adverse to company. It has been a great joy in a long, often lonely life. Had you come after dark, I should have welcomed you in person, as you have called during daylight hours. I thought it best to be out. Master Petrie, 
You have robbed me of the most faithful and resourceful servant I have ever had. I shall enjoy my sweet retribution. Your parents first. Tonight. Or tomorrow night. Then you. Father Callahan, have they persuaded you to forsake your bottle and join the party? The Roman Church is an old enemy, though not my oldest, for I was old when it was young. Oh, yes, I have lived that long. Yet I am neither tired nor jaded. I am as strong and cunning as ever. Not the serpent, but the father of serpents. So, Mr. Mears, Mr. Cody, Master Petrie, and Father Callahan, I send you a small token of my esteem. Your friend is lovely, Mr. Mears. Very toothsome, if I may be permitted a small bombo. I have no further need of her, so I have left her for you in the place where I spent my days, until I decided that other quarters might be more congenial. Let us see how you like this entree to the main course you contemplate. We shall surely meet soon. Then I shall convey my felicitations to each of you in a more personal way. Until then, adieu. Follow. Here, around this corner. Craig, help me with the lid. The casket was on a raised dais. In it, Susan lay still, covered from shoulder to foot in a drift of pure white linen. In life, she'd been pretty. Now she'd achieved beauty. Dark beauty. She didn't look dead. Her lips were red, her skin like cream. Father Callahan stepped forward and placed his hand over her heart. Here, Ben. No. I can't. Be her lover. Better be her husband. You won't hurt her, Ben. You're free. The only one hurt will be you. A line came into my head from Dracula. That amusing Victorian fiction that no longer amused me at all. Van Helsing's words to Arthur Holmwood when Arthur was faced with the same awful task. We must go through bitter waters before we reach the sweet. Here's a steak, man. Go on, do it. Oh, take it away. Don't make me do this. She's not dead. No, she's undead. Ben, feel. Feel her pulse. Oh. Feel her heart. There's nothing. Do it quickly, Ben. Go out into the daylight. We'll do the rest. Take the hammer. We must go through bitter waters before we reach the sweet. Oh, dear God. Forgive me. Her lips drew back over wolf-like fangs. Blood gushed from her chest over my hands, my shirt, my cheeks. 
Again. Again, bro. The tide of blood turned black in that fancy lunatic light. Her eyelids fluttered. And I saw briefly the girl I'd first met in the park, reading my own book, smiling, shy. Ben! Jimmy, go after him. See's all right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It got all mixed up in my head. The horror. Then and now. Ben! I thought if I looked back, I'd see him. Follow? You mean Marston. Grinning at me. The rope around his neck. Ben! Ben, it's over! Yes. Jimmy. Jimmy, look at it. Look at what? The house. Can't you feel it? The evil is gone. It's just... It's just a house again. After we left, Father Callahan sealed the house with holy water and pieces of the host. What did you do with Susan's body? Callahan and I turned it face down in the coffin and weighted it with stones. We threw it into the Royal River. I just sat in the car. I could. No, you'd already done enough. Where's Callahan now? He went with Mark. Mark's parents have to be told. Barlow threatened them in the letter. Will they believe it all? Mark thought not. He said his dad's a sensible man. If there's a problem, they'll ask his father to call you. You did well, Jimmy. You too, Ben. Come here. Sit on the bed. There's no comfort for you, Ben. I know that. But Susan is at rest now. Barlow played us for fools. We're like insects to him, scurrying around for his amusement. No, no, no. That's far from the truth. He wanted to keep Susan. He wouldn't give up his undead, his children, just for a joke. Think, Ben. Think what you've achieved. Straker, the best servant he ever had, slain by a small boy. How that must have terrified him. And now you've driven him from his refuge, his chosen home. That sealed it. So if he goes there again, he'll die, and he knows that. What does it matter? He got away. Where, where did he sleep today? The trunk of a car, the cellar of one of his victims? Wherever it was, do you think he felt safe? You think he liked it? Matt's right, Ben. Maybe we're not winning yet, but neither is he. No, tomorrow you hunt. Not just the great white shark, but all the little fish. The nights may be his, but in the daytime, you'll hound him and hound him until he takes fright and flees. Or until you drag him, staked and screaming into the light. Yes. Yes, that's good. But let's start tonight, not tomorrow. Right now. No. Tonight we spent together... You and I and Jimmy and Father Callahan and Mark and his parents. Only madmen or saints would challenge Barlow in his mother night, and we neither. You shouldn't have split up. That was bad judgment. I'm worried. Especially about Mark and his parents. Jimmy, will you call them? Yeah, I'll do it now. I'm beginning to know him. I lie in this bed and try to outguess him. Put myself in his place. He's lived for centuries. He's brilliant. But his ego has become bloated so that it's puffed up and poisonous. He's filled with pride and his thirst for revenge is overmastering. Something to be feared, but also to be used. 
I think he'll attack tonight. I got through. What's wrong, Jimmy? What happened? The line's dead. I think Barlow's got them. Impossible. I told you. Well, Henry, dear, don't you think we should at least... June, wait. Now, Father Callahan, let's examine this delusion like reasonable men. Well, that may not be possible, Mr. Petrie, but we can try. We came here because Barlow specifically threatened you and your wife. So you say. Before we proceed, let me ask you something. Did you actually drive a stake through that poor girl's body this afternoon? No, I didn't. Mr. Mears did. And the corpse is still in the cellar? No, we threw it in the river. If that's true, you have involved my son in a serious crime. Are you aware of that? Yes, I am. That we had to, don't you see? Mark, I have asked you to keep silent while I speak to Father Callahan. One more outburst and you'll leave the room. Yes, Dad. Mr. Petrie, if you'd call Matthew Burke... I'm sure your accomplices will back you up, Father Callahan, but that hardly constitutes proof. May I see the letter left by this... Barlow. Dr. Cody took it. Oh, well, darling, I'm sure Dr. Cody wouldn't be mixed up in anything untoward. He's our family doctor, father. We all like him very much. And Matthew Burke has an excellent reputation, mm -hmm. as a teacher at least. So your story does have a certain disturbing credibility. But your explanation of these events clearly can't be true. We've got to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to call your people and talk with them. If that proves fruitful, perhaps we should all go to Mr. Burke's hospital room and discuss the matter further. Good of you to be so understanding, Mr. Petrie. What's the matter, dear? Strange. It was fine half an hour ago. He's here. God protect us. Oh, don't be silly. In my experience, the Salem's Lot telephone service doesn't need vampires to disrupt it. Henry! Uh, for goodness sake, don't, don't panic. It, it, it must be a power failure. How could we have been so stupid? We must go out there now. No, for the sake of your lives and mine, you must not. But Ben's right, Matt. They need help. They're on their own. Whatever's happening at the Petries, by the time you get there, it'll be over. We must do something. If you go, you'll be playing into Barlow's hands. Think. He didn't need to cut the telephone line. He did it to tell us he's there. He's already split us in two. Now he's trying to divide us again. I'm alone and bedridden. Easy prey. Don't you see it? I guess you're right. Look, I'm not afraid for myself, believe me. Or even for you two. I'm afraid for Salem's lot. Whatever happens tonight, we must be left to stop him tomorrow. Yes. He's not going to get me till I paid him back for Susan. Maybe they'll make it. I think he's underestimated Callahan. I know he's underestimated Mark. That kid is one cool customer. It all happened so fast. One moment my dad was telling Father Callahan it was impossible. The next the impossible is happening. Right there in the kitchen. Can you talk about it, my son? Yes, father. The lights went. The windows blew. A shadow moved across the room. Father Callahan took the cross from around his neck and held it up. It was glowing with a sort of blue fire. I could see my dad, lit by that weird light. He looked dazed, like he still didn't believe it. I grabbed Mom's hand, tried to pull away, but it was too late. 
Arnold got them. Mom's head in one hand. Dad's in the other. I could see his face. Long and white. Almost handsome. The teeth. The red eyes. He was smiling. I promised you this, Mom. Remember? For what you did to my servant. Henry! Henry, do something, please! Speak to him! Yeah, listen! Listen, whoever you are! We can talk about this! We can sit down. Your parents first! <laughs> so, tell me, young man. How does it feel to be an orphan? You monster! Oh, now you come to me. How convenient. In the name of God, no closer. No closer, shaman, or I sever the boy's jugular before you can draw breath. Step back. Back. Well, what now? Oh, with that depends. What will you give me for this miserable wretch? Oh, you have courage, boy. But you will scream. You will scream until your throat bursts. Stop that! Should I? Should I reprieve the boy? Save him for another night? Yes! Then will you throw down your cross and face me on equal terms? Without charms and talismans, your faith against mine. Yes. Do it. I trust you to let him go. I sooner trust a rattlesnake. Well, I trust you. Look! Run, Mark! You killed my parents! Run! Soon, little brother. Very soon. You and I will... Mark, no! You dare spit on me! Back! In the name of God! I'll do more than spit! I'll kill you! <laughs> oh, what a servant he will make! Now, shaman, I have fulfilled my part of the bargain. You fulfill yours. Lay down the cross. I'm a priest. A priest. Don't you have to believe to be a priest? <laughs> Stay back. I command it. Look at the light. The oh-so-holy light. See how it gutters and dies. I command it in the name of God. Just like your faith. <laughs> Nowhere left to go, priest. Here, let me take that. You seem to find it burdensome. <laughs> no! <laughs> you thought I couldn't touch this, didn't you? The Holy Cross. You believed it would protect you. Oh, no. Your faith might have saved you, but your faith has just failed. And so this... <gasps> is only base metal. God damn you! Well, I doubt if he can. Not your god, anyway. 
If you had cast that cross away willingly, you might have beaten me. But you put your trust in the symbol, not what it stands for. You're a disappointment, priest. Oh, it's been so long since I had an opponent of any real worth. That boy makes ten of you. No, no. The undead. There is no memory. And you would welcome that now. But no. For you, there is a more fitting punishment. No, no, no. Please. Here, priest. Learn a true religion. Take my communion. Eat of my flesh. Drink of my blood. At ten that night... Jimmy and I were still sitting around Matt's bed out in the Cumberland Hospital, waiting. No one spoke much. Matt dozed fitfully, with his mouth open, sighing from time to time in his sleep. He looked very old. And suddenly, there was shouting downstairs. Nurses ran past the door and we heard a strange, high keening, like an animal in pain. Ben, he's coming! Him or his creatures! Get the door! Kill the lights. Have you got the crucifix? I've got it. Ben, Jimmy, where are you? Oh, relax, Matt. Everything's under control. What's going on? Uh, we're not sure. There seems to be some trouble in the lobby. Oh, God, I was afraid of this if Barlow sent one of his undead. Ben, let me go. Mark. Oh, thank God you got away. Wait, Mark, come here. Lift your chin. Show me your neck. Oh, thank God. Oh, boy, I've never been so glad to see anyone in my life. <laughs> Where's Father Callahan? I don't know. I didn't wait. My mom and dad, they're both dead. Brown killed them. Then he grabbed me. He said he'd let me go. If Father Callahan threw down his cross, I ran. But before I ran, I spat on Barlow. I spat on him. And I'm gonna kill him. How did you get here? I ran through the woods. Then I hitched a ride. I can't remember who with the radio's playing. I remember that. Oh. oh, you poor boy. You poor, brave boy. The commotion downstairs, all that shouting and screaming that was going on around the time Mark turned up, we found out later what it was all about. A woman walked into the lobby out of the night, wearing only slippers and a dirty nightgown. She seemed drugged or hypnotized. Her face was white as bone, her eyes dark, crazy. She asked for Matt's room. When an orderly challenged her, she pulled a gun. There was a struggle. Before she was subdued, the woman clawed the orderly's face with her nails. She died right there on the lobby floor. The woman was Anne Norton, Susan's mother. I don't know what happened to Father Callahan after that night. I heard rumors, but what he did, where he went, I don't really know. All I know for sure is that he was never seen again in Salem's lot. No, Matt, you've got to sleep. Jimmy's right, Matt. You don't look good. My town is dying before my eyes and you expect me to sleep. Matt, if you want to be around for the finish, you've got to hold something back. 
I'm talking as your doctor, goddammit. Later, Jimmy, please. Mark, we're in a desperate situation. I know you've just been through the most terrible ordeal. I can't promise things will get better. There's dreadful work to be done tomorrow. I'm in this, Mr. Burke. As deep as anyone. I won't stop until I've got it. Good boy. Tomorrow, the three of you must go back to Mark's house to make steaks. Right. How many? Oh, 300 at least. 500 would be better. No, there can't be as many as that. The undead are thirsty. You have to be prepared. You must go together. You dance split up, even in daylight. It'll be like a scavenger hunt. You start at one end of town and work towards the other. We'll never find them all, not even if we start at first light and work till dark. You've got to try. With luck, people will believe you. Some might even help. So when dark comes again, much of Barlow's work will be undone. I guess Father Callahan's out of it. Yes, we have to assume he's lost to us. But we must press on regardless. You'll need to be cunning, all of you. Ready to lie. If you're locked up, it'll serve his purpose. And consider this. If any of us do live and triumph, it's quite possible we'll stand trial for murder. Don't sugarcoat the pill, will you? But we all know the most important job. Kill Barlow. Well, that's putting the cart before the horse. First, we have to find him. Mark, come here. Did you see anything tonight? Hear, smell, touch, anything that might tell us where he is? Think carefully. You know how important this is. Uh, Think again. A leaf clinging to his coat. A burr in his pants cuff. Dirt on his shoes. I'm sorry. Christ almighty, is he seamless like an egg? How about when he was holding you? Wait a minute. What? What have you got? Chalk. Blue chalk. He had his arm around my neck. I could see his hand. He had long white fingers. And there were little smudges of blue chalk on him. Just little smears. Blue chalk? School! It must be. Not the high school. We only have yellow and white. I should know. The art department? They use ink and paint, not chalk. Besides, the school's all glass. Where would he hide? Mark, are you sure? Chalk? Yeah, I can see it. I bet the elementary school uses colored chalk. It's like the high school. Lots of windows to let in the sun. He'd hate that. He needs an old building. Dark and dingy. Uh, like the Brock Street School. Could be. Uh, what's the Brock Street School? An old timber frame building put up about the same time as the Marston House. There was a big fuss about it years back. People said it was a fire hazard. So it's not used? Only the ground floor. There are two other stories in a basement with all the windows boarded up. That's it. It must be. Sounds good to me. Well, I'm not convinced. It's too obvious. All right. That's enough for tonight. Two of these with water. They'll help you sleep. Later, Jimmy. There's still a lot of work now, to do. Matt. He's right, Matt. We can't risk losing you. You're too important. Here, Mr. Burke, to help you take the pills. Ganging up on me, huh? Oh, okay, you win. I'm worried about him, Ben. I thought the attack was mild. Hardly a heart attack at all. It was, but the next one won't be. It'll be the big one. This business will kill him if it doesn't end soon. That night, we slept in the hospital in Matt's room. Matt lay propped up on pillows, sedated. Jimmy and I tossed and turned in the uncomfortable chairs. Mark curled up on the floor and slept like a baby. The morning seemed to come very soon. Ben. Ben. The sun's up. The sun's get going. Jimmy, wake up. Huh? Where am I? Hospital. Mark, sorry. Dream. Daylight, thank God. Matt's uh, still asleep. Yeah. 
He's an old man all of a sudden. His pulse is steady, color's good. I'd say he's better than he was last night. Yeah. All right, we don't need to wake him now, do we? No, no, no. We'll just tiptoe out. Should we leave him alone? We have to. If we stay here all day, we're playing into Barlow's hands. We must trust Matt's ingenuity. Come on. Where to first? Brock Street School. No, no, no. Too many people. That'll have to wait till this afternoon. Mark's house first, to make stakes. And then? We use them. Stake as many as we can. But you do realize, don't you? Unless we find Barlow, this is all a waste of time. If he, it, escapes us today, we're finished. You have been listening to Episode 6 of Salem's Lot by Stephen King. With Stuart Milligan as Ben Mears, Teresa Gallagher as Susan Norton, and Danny Canaber as Mark Petrie. Doug Bradley played Barlow, Gavin Muir, Matt Burke, Kerry Shale, Jimmy Cody, Don Fellows, Parkins Gillespie, Nigel Anthony, Father Callahan, Peter Yap, Father Grathon, George Parsons, Nolly Gardner, Lorelei King, June Petrie, and Vincent Marzello, Henry Petrie. Salem's Lot is dramatized in seven episodes by Gregory Evans, with music composed by Elizabeth... Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.